Welcome to Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators, for serious backup power, and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. And just like that, another weekend arrives as we get stuck into round 17 in the National Rugby League and fair to say, a reasonably entertaining start to the weekend. That's putting it mildly. Benny Jones is my name, joined by the one and only Scotty Sattler as always in Sats. Uh, we'll get to that game, of course, at Amy Park very, very soon. But gee, if you could uh, if you could sign up for at least two or three of those a weekend, I think as league fans, we'd be pretty happy, wouldn't we? So entertaining. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of people, Benny. And welcome to the listeners also that have been quite critical of the game. Oh, the and purists. The lack of, the lack oh, of defense. But you uh, know what? Boring. We Boo. called that game for NRL Nation <laughs> last night. And it was so entertaining, not only to see the scoreline, yeah. but finally there, there's a difference between tries that are scored five and ten meters out. That, are, that, that is really bad defense. Mm. But when you see 14 tries scored in a game <laughs> and crazy. a large portion of them scored from about 30 or 40 meters plus, yeah. that's entertaining. That's what we need sometimes in rugby league, just to re- remind us that you know, going back to the eighties, like going back yeah. to the eighties, it was pure, pure footy, wasn't it? It was oh, just it was like off the cuff, uh, and a lot know, of played them, as you see it, and a lot of it by the players of the second string yep. because the Origin players are out. Yeah, it's Amazing. a bit of a window to the future for both clubs, I would have thought. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that game shortly as part of our Thursday night recap. Uh, of course, we'll get stuck into a little bit of Origin discussion. Game three Wednesday at SunCorp Stadium, Billy Slater and his swan song to lead out Queensland and of course New South Wales are looking for the clean sweep. Speaking of both of those states, a great debate that will affect both. Uh, I speak of Nathan Cleary at the moment uh, doing his thing for the Blues, but he could be heading towards Queensland. Along with Dad Ivan, a few little whispers getting around NRL circle sats, and I know you've uh, got a few thoughts on well, whether it'll be a good move for both father and son. Well, I suppose the big question is, is Wayne Bennett going to receive another contract at the Broncos? If beyond not, 2019. Beyond yeah. 2019. If yeah. not... Who is the man that could step in and fill that role? Because mm. we know that in the past it hasn't been that successful for the Broncos. So they will look for a very strong coach personality-wise yep. with a really good constitution, great values, and they may have their man if Ivan Clear is the whisper. All right, that's coming up shortly. Great debate. Driver's seat preview as well and Sats tips for the three remaining games in round 17. And we're going to get your insight and uh, deeper thoughts on the game that gets underway shortly. Uh, this is going to be a beauty. Fair to say the uh, the Panthers and the Warriors uh, come in with, with vastly different form lines. Fourth v. Fifth. So you talk about the repercussions for the winner and loser of this game. They are massive, but as we've touched on, the uh, the Panthers without a host of Origin stars and, of course, a, a fortnight really to forget. A lot of conjecture, a lot of speculation around the club at the moment. Yeah, there is, and that comes with losing a couple of games. But uh, when you are trying to find success, Benny, and you are a team that is successful up to this point, which the Panthers have been, short, yep. short-term success, you need to hit, hit a bit of a bump in the road. You need to reassess yourself, readjust your your bearings a little bit as a side and, and where you need to be for the back half of the season. And Origin comes at a good time where you, you can do that. You can do your mid-season reviews. Individually, you can look at your own game and see whether your, your preparation is uh, still continuing and is consistent. But with the Panthers, they're going through a period where they've got Nathan Cleary, a very young halfback, mm-hmm. Tyrone Peachy, very young utility, who have tasted Origin for the first time, Regan Campbell-Gillard before he got injured as well. Yep. And what that does, it, it does take your distraction away away from your club footy. Your yeah. club footy. Yep, yep. So, and that's exactly what's happened with the Panthers. They're just, again, a little bit of a blip on the radar at the moment. But 
in the back half of the season, you'll see them get back into routine, get back into the normal rotation. And Cleary, who, from all reports I've been told from really good sources that work alongside him in the origin side, he's a smart, very wise, very mature mm. kid for his age. And he'll get, he'll get back on the horse. When he gets back on the horse, Penrith will get back on the horse as well. Uh, Maloney's he's a seasoned campaigner. Yeah. You know, and he was off his game also last week against Manly. And it is, it's around origin. It's exciting. They want to look at going and to Suncorp and getting a, a mm. clean sweep. So it does become distracting. With those three, Peachy, Cleary, Maloney out, there's certainly three game changers, game breakers that uh, the Panthers will have to battle on without. Their opponents, the Warriors, it's a bit of a curious one because this is a time of year, Sats, where they've been renowned for you know, getting a little bit of a, a jump on the opposition, not as affected by origin as many other clubs, but it's been their, their form at home that's been the issue. And in fact, when they get on the road... They're, they seemingly are a completely different side. Hard to explain. I Isn't don't, it? I don't know why. Um, because New Zealand players and Polynesian players are, well, they're homebodies. They love their family. Yep. They love their, their immediate surroundings. surroundings. Yeah. And to say that playing at home is, has become a bit of a hurdle or a barrier for them is concerning for, for their coach. So, um, yeah, to get away. And sometimes some clubs, because they've changed a lot of things in their club, I think it's become exciting for them again. Alex Corvo, who's been such a, a great performer as a strength and conditioner for so many years for, for Melbourne mm. and Brisbane Broncos, just to name two, who have tasted a lot of success. Maybe he's shook things up a bit. and they, Maybe they enjoy each other's company a lot more than what they did previously, Benny. And that means when you pack your bag and you go away, it it is becomes a brotherhood. It becomes a family-like atmosphere. Galvanizes, I'm not yeah. quite sure whether in the past... That may have been there or not, but at the moment, yeah. they're doing everything right. Yes, they haven't taken advantage of the origin period like I thought they would. I thought they were, I thought they were stiff in a couple of, uh, a couple of decisions from the referees and the officials last week against the Sharks. But yeah, this is their last opportunity to take advantage of a side um, who was depleted by their key players. The last time these two sides met was uh, way back in round 19 of last season. The Panthers winning that game 34 to 22 at Mount Smart Stadium. Of course, this one at Panthers Stadium. I know that many in footballing circles call it the spine. I think you and Badge call it the diamond. That's where the Warriors might have the upper hand here. As we mentioned, with those three big names out for the Panthers, Peachy, Cleary and Maloney, you feel as though that's probably where uh, where they'll hope to get the upper hand. Yeah, and you need those key players in the big games. And yeah, The form of Isaac Luke this year has been season-defining, or career-defining, I should say. It was the form that he showed back in 2014 when they won the premiership where he unfortunately missed the grand final. Um, due to due to suspension, so um, he's back to that form. He's a lot lighter. He's a lot sharper. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the brains of Blake Green, which assists Sean Johnson's running game mm-hmm. and just his spontaneity, the way that he plays off the cuff. And Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, the way that he's handling this captaincy role is is really impressive from a young man that many thought probably wouldn't be a skipper in um, in regular season format. So yeah, I like everything they're doing at the Warriors. It's just everyone's just waiting for them to fall over. Mm. It just based on history, everyone's waiting for them to fall, fall over. But something's telling me with this Warriors side, it's it's a completely different unit, Benny. It might be a psychological thing, Sats, but we know that there has been a fair bridge now between 8th and ninth. I think it's three games difference yes. between the Broncos. I think the Raiders are the next in line and probably even further to the Warriors. So with that little bit of security, that little bit of peace of mind, it's not to suggest that they can't completely collapse and fall in a heap, but in previous seasons where the Warriors have maybe been hovering around 6th, 7th or 8th, there's always been that concern that they would fall away. They have more often than not, but now 5th, 
well and truly entrenched inside the top eight, maybe that'll give them a little freedom to play their natural game? Well, they are well entrenched in, in the top eight, but what is concerning is if you if you start finishing seventh or eighth, now they're on 22 points. They've got to have higher aspirations than seventh and eighth. Yeah, They've Roosters, Sharks and Broncos are on 20 points. So yeah. it's really where are you going to finish on the, whether you're going to finish top four yeah. when you get, obviously you get a second bite at the cherry. A genuine crack at it. Um, or the positive way to look at it is if we win week one in top four, we're one game away from a grand yeah, exactly final. Right. If and you're in the bottom four, up for a home preliminary as if well. If you finish yeah. fifth, there's a big chance you might play you might play the Broncos. Mm. If you finish sixth, you, there's a big chance you might f- play the Sharks or the Roosters. Uh, two teams that I want to play in the finals. Yeah. Um, but as an opposition, I do want to play the Warriors in a semi-final mm. for an elimination in elimination round because. Again, history will tell you that when the furnace is on, they sometimes don't aim up the Warriors. And I hope I'm wrong because, like I said, I'd love to see the Warriors get through to the big dance and one day win the grand final. And maybe they've got the maybe yeah. they've got the team to do that in the next couple of years. Well, this Panther side, they may meet them again come the business end of the season. So they'll be looking to lay a pretty decent marker tonight. Uh, the other factor, of course, that'll come into it is the kicking game. And when you look at the numbers that uh, the Warriors are putting together, by far uh, the best by boot. Uh, four, 40, 20 kicks, I should say, this year, which is two more than the next best side in the NRL. I mean, they don't happen all that often, but it goes to show that they back themselves in. Well, the good part about it is um, the two kickers, Blake Green and also Sean Johnson, fantastic yep. general play kickers, but they've got Isaac Luke out of dummy yeah. half. So when you've got a three-pronged Options. attack, yep. uh, it makes it hard for the defenders to put they put a lot of pressure on the known kicker. And mm. when you've got three points of attack, that means it's giving every other kicker a little bit extra time to get Space. on the front foot yep. and get a good kick away. So you know, with the Panthers... Um, their their halves combination of uh, Jerome Luau and also Tyrone no it's uh, Tyrone May I should say mm. really good players yeah but coming up against seasoned veterans yeah haven't been exposed yeah. uh, at the top level all that often so we'll get your thoughts as far as your tip for that game a little later on in the program sats of course still to come our review of last night's incredible match at Amy Park it was an absolute points bonanza and also a great debate. Right now, though, we're going to talk some origin for first choice liquor. Of course, game three is taking place on Wednesday at Suncorp Stadium. New South Wales have already wrapped up the series. They lead it 2-0. They'll be looking to sweep. But, of course, we know there's also the factor of Billy Slater's farewell from a rep point of view. Just off the top, Sats, a comment you made through the week with uh, myself and Badge on Sports Day regarding the scheduling of origin matches or where they should be played. You threw one off the cuff, suggesting that game one of every series should be at a neutral venue. And we know that for the next two years, at the very least, we're going to Perth in 2019, Adelaide in 2020. 2020. So do you think that's where game one should be played? Start it off at a neutral venue and then go uh, one for each side on the way home? Yeah, I'd be part of the minority here. And I think there'd be a lot of people that would shout from the hilltop saying, what are you... You're on some form of drug or eating mushrooms or whatever. It I don't seemed know. to work okay this year in yeah. Melbourne. I mean, crowd figures alone. I think rugby league fans, your hardcore fans, say, hey, listen, this is our product. Why can't we celebrate opening day? Yeah, sure. And that's a really good argument. Yep. But I just think from a from a results point of view, if you go to a neutral venue um, and then both states get one game each. We've seen in the past, especially in New South Wales, that if they lose game one, and it's based in New South Wales, and they lose game two, and you go to game three in New South Wales, they can't sell tickets. As a dead rubber, yeah. So yeah. I think to alleviate that, I think you need to forecast maybe game one in neutrals venue, and then the next two games, will, you can do what you want with it, yep. get the best out of the occasion as you can, 
uh, all the fans can celebrate um, and not have to worry about possibly a second game in that venue. And I, I like the idea of a of a, a neutral venue in game one because it is neutral. You, you can't use the home ground advantage yeah. or the home fan advantage or whatever it may be. And uh, I, I like the idea of it. I, I like the idea of it being played in Melbourne, even though it's horrible to watch the game from if you go there live. Yeah. Um, Adelaide, I don't understand, but mm. I'm sort of contradicting myself a little bit here. I just think a neutral venue game one fits both teams. Sats, family feud style. If you asked 100 members of the studio audience from Queensland and New South Wales if they'd follow suit and agree with you, what would be the percentage? 20, 80? I reckon 10, 10 not, oh, really? 90, 10. That much the minority. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think many people would want to. I mean, if you spoke to Queensland fans, you know, they're over the moon that game one next year is being based at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, I just feel as though that, you know, game one is so important mm. in the in the scheme of who wins Origin. So I think that being on neutral territory sets off the the series in the perfect note. All right, we know that the skipper of the Maroons won't be there. Greg Inglis, he's out with that fractured thumb. Caelan Ponga with a hamstring, which is disappointing because even though it is essentially a dead rubber, he would have been Selfish, one of the great selling points. What's it? Do a hamstring, yeah. <laughs> knowing it was a dead rubber. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you just quickly about uh, the pressure on Daly Cherry Evans. He comes in, Ben Hunt resigned yep. to the bench. Uh, as you've said, he's been much maligned, a whipping boy of sorts in, in previous campaigns for the Maroons. What's to be gained for him in this this third dead rubber at Suncorp? Can he can he lock down his spot for next season, or is is he basically buggered either way? If they win lose, he's not going to get the plaudits he deserves, or he's going to cop a lot of the criticism. Well, history will tell us that under the coaching of Kerry Walters, that if they win game three and Daly Chair Evans plays out of his skin, which I hope he does, yeah. he'll take him into game one next year as his starting halfback, barring injury, suspension, and, of course. and obviously relevant form at the start yep. of next year. What has he got to gain from it to regather his identity? When he first came into grade, played in the grand final the first couple of years, won a Clive Churchill medal as well mm. out of a losing side in the 2013 grand final. He needs to lose his identity and, sorry, win his identity back. The thing about Daly Cherry Evans is that I think a lot of the stuff that's been said about him, and we don't know where it's come from, I think it has played a huge, a huge part on him emotionally. So the origin is the perfect scenario and the perfect platform to go out there and just own the game, own the team. He said, in, he said during the week, I read really with interest, Benny, where he said, in years gone by, I've tried to be too much like Cooper. Mm. When I've had to step in for Cooper Cronk when he was injured, I tried to be like Cooper instead of being like Daly. And I think he's got the ability to do that in game three. You know, they're talking about who's going to take the goal kicks. Yeah. I think it should be him because he kicks on a week-to-week basis on most occasions for Manly. So if he's doing that, he needs to be doing it in origin. It gives him an opportunity to ice the game, own the game, and I, I, you don't want to be someone else to mm. make others happy, to, to appease the masses. But unfortunately for Daly, he's always fighting a daily battle about what people think of him. And I yeah. think in origin, he's got the ability for not only Queensland fans, but a lot of New South Wales fans to say, you know what, we've got this kid wrong. Because he's an amazing young man, it's, Daly Cherry Evans. It's more, I think, Sats, uh, and I've never met Daly. Uh, you have, and I'll take you at your word, but it's a reflection on the society we live in. A couple of his ex-teammates, maybe a little disgruntled, say, oh, he's a different cat, or he doesn't get along with so-and-so. And that just feeds into the public psyche. So then everyone just says, well, he, he mustn't be a decent bloke, or he must be hard to deal with. So, again, none of these people would have met him. Uh, know what he's like on the field or off the field for that matter, but unfortunately he's got to wear that. And until, I suppose, he, he puts in some you know, consistent been, performances been, at origin level to, to say otherwise, it's going to be the thing that follows him. It's around. unfortunate that we gauge our 
sports people and what they're like as people gauged on the way they play on the field rather yeah. than them as human beings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not a guy that's been a. He's not. He's probably different to a lot of regular rugby league players because he's not a player that goes in and gets on the drink every week no. and and doesn't socialise. He doesn't in fit into the usual situations. That, yeah, yeah, he's not the buffed the the buffed um, perception. Yeah, so, Yeah, he's a family man. Yeah, and when you know when questioned about why don't you take a pay cut like all of us. No, it's my money. Like all yeah. of us. Why did you backflip yeah. on the Titans? Because <laughs> I was allowed to. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with what he's done. Those, those same people that are critical about him not taking a pay cut, I'd put them in his shoes at your profession and say, well, the company's struggling a little bit. We need you to you know, cut your, your wage in half. Then you're not going to do it. No. I'm not going to do it. Why should Daly Cherry Evans do it? Anyway, that's a look at Origin. Wednesday, Game 3, Suncorp Stadium. First choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Uh, we're here for Kubota Diesel Generators as well. They're providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. If you love tries, you would have loved what happened, of course, last night at Amy Park. We're going to review that game between the Storm and the Dragons next. Plenty still to come. You're listening to Off the Bench. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. This is Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. It is indeed great to have your company with us. Betty Jones, Scotty Sattler, as we cover league from all angles. Uh, We've got still to come a great debate. We're going to look at the future of the Brisbane Broncos and, well, how a couple of guys, one at the Panthers, one at the Tigers, could play a huge role in shaping that. Sats will reveal... A Makita power player with a difference, and he'll have a very valid explanation behind this shortly. And also our driver's seat preview as we catch up with Matty McKeldon and also the rest of the crew to find out what's happening this weekend in another big one when it comes to motorsport. Right now, uh, let's do this on Off the Bench. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yeah, the Krispy Kreme Hershey's Cookies and Cream Donuts are now available at 7-Eleven, and they're mighty delicious. They are a good call. Check those out. Incredible last night. What a way to start round 17, Sats. The Storm. Now, I've just got to just readjust my glasses here. Yep, no, that's right. 52 defeated the Dragons Raise 30. Raise the bat, boys. And incredibly, with 20 minutes to go, it was the Dragons who led 30-28 to 28 before the Storm went absolutely bananas. You were calling the game for NRL Nation. It must have been... <laughs> Like I said, not one for the purists, those who are more defensively minded, but as a commentator, as a spectator, as a fan, as a lover of the game, you must have enjoyed it. It was amazing. It was a really good spectacle. And as I said earlier on, the thing I liked about it is that a lot of the tries weren't scored from five or ten metres out. It was They were scored through really good rugby league, really good set plays, and just natural speed yeah. from some of the players. You know, when Nene McDonald in midair had the ball in his left hand, his whole body was out on the left-hand touch line, and to have the presence of mind to transfer the ball in mid-air to his left hand to his right hand and then still score the try. Mm. If, if the listeners haven't seen Nene McDonald's try last night against Melbourne, do yourself a favour and go and watch it. But as you said, 14 tries. There was uh, five to the uh, Dragons and uh, and nine to the yeah. to the Melbourne Storm. It was a really good seesawing battle. Well, there were just no flat patches in the game. No, it was amazing. Yeah. And then in the last probably nine or ten minutes... Something in Melbourne, they either flick the switch or the inexperience of some of the Dragons players yeah. against quality opposition went into went into freeze mode and the Storm took advantage of it. A lot spoken pre-game about who wasn't going to be there. The Storm missing six origin stars, the Dragons five. And Craig Bellamy, ironically enough, said pre-game sats, he thought the Storm to win would have to grind it out. Well, four tries in the last quarter of the game suggest it was anything but a grind and... 
I'm not sure anyone could have seen that scoreline coming. What about some of the, as you said, the second tier, the, the next raft of players coming in, particularly the Storm, uh, who still had Cam Smith there, it must be said, marshalling the troops, but a couple of youngsters. I think Jerome Hughes was one that you were very keen to have mm. a look at, and boy, he, he exceeded expectations, I would have thought. Yeah, seen a little bit of Jerome Hughes, and for those who out there have never heard of Jerome Hughes, he's a, he's a young player that played with the Gold Coast Titans in their 20 system, played a first-grade game with the Titans at a young age. And then went to the Cowboys, and for some reason, both these clubs let him go. And I could see why the Cowboys let him go when you had Kale and Ponga coming yeah. through the through the ranks. Um, and they had Lachlan Cooter was playing great money, a great rugby league. But yeah, Jerome Hughes, he got my um, player of the match last night. I thought he was uh, absolutely outstanding, involved in everything, and just it, it's probably safe to say that I think Billy Slade will hang up the boots at the end of the year, still yeah. unsigned, uh, as is Cameron Smith for next year. I think he'll. I think he'll resign, uh, retire at the end of the year, knowing that Jerome Hughes is now coming through and he's mm. going to be leaving the position in a really good position. But yeah, it's 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 interesting when Craig Bellamy says, and I can understand why he said that against the Dragons because you have got to grind out wins against the Dragons. They're a side that just keeps you within reach and they don't yeah. let you get too far ahead. Yeah. They did that again last yeah. night. Yeah, but just Cameron time. Smith in that last ten or fifteen minutes was mm. just he was superb. It, so fortunate to have him when Origin Time's not on through yeah. this period. But what a game, and what an amazing array of highlights are provided. Hence, we're going to play them for you now. Thanks to our NRL Nation call team, of which Sats is a huge part of. They're at Amy Park last night, 14 tries. Uh, yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy this. Jack's kicks, and again, he chips into an area with Funavalu. Soon to be batted back, that could be tried. Oh, Curtis Scott was in the right spot at the right time, and he's got the first try for the Melbourne Storm tonight. Winnip goes out the back to Nichols. He goes out the back to Duffy. Numbers, Aiken. This is man for the corner. Oh, he gets there. Right in front of us here at Amy Park. One, two, three. Darren Nichols makes his presence felt in this game. Dragons are on the board. I told you, don't bother going through them. Go around them. <laughs> <laughs> and Hoffman tries to release. He goes straight through. He's got Jacks oh. on the inside. Throws the dummy and goes. Oh, the clubman's got it. The clubman's got it. And the crowd go up as one. The 300 gamer. The man who announced during the week he ain't going to play anymore. He can still score long-range tries, and that's what Ryan Hoffman has done. This is Nichols, so he's out the back to win it. Throws beautifully. Oh, and short and inside for Luciano. It opened up like the Sydney heads. Oh, that was brilliant. Set play from the Dragons, and Luciano Leilua gets the first try of the second half. He was brought down, and now Smith. Oh, Elson Asifa Solomon is into space. Who's going to stop the big man? He offloads now to Tonimapia. Tonimapia on Dufty. Dufty, they get him short of the line. He's over. And that is a try to young Tonimapia. This is now Jerome Hughes. Look at the pace. Gets away from Dufty. Gets away from the cover defence of Aitken. And he scores a magnificent try. It is a brilliant game at Amy Park. Melvin go. Here's Chase Blair down the left-hand side. He's got young Tonimapia outside him. Gets to Dufty. Dummies. Gets away from him. Oh, not try for try now. Melbourne Storm, Melbourne Storm. Chase Blair's got it. Here's Vunavalu. And he's gone straight through. Has he got the pace to go all the way? Dufty in pursuit. So two men. Gets away from him. Gets over. Suliasi, the try-scoring freak, was not to be denied tonight. He gets across for a try. And all is well in the world of the Melbourne Storm. Raise your bat, gentlemen. You got your 50. Wow, unbelievable. The rest of them are Storm fans, and they have witnessed an absolute clinic here from their team. 
especially in the last 15 minutes. Brilliant, brilliant attacking play from the men in purple. 52 points to 30 over the first place Dragons in what was a seesawing clash right up until about the 70th minute mark. And then we saw the class and composure of the defending premiers. So there you go. It's the Storm winning 52-30 to 30 over the Dragons. Simply stunning stuff down there in Melbourne. Freshly ground coffee for just $1 at 7-Eleven. It's time, Sats, for a great debate. The great debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, that they are indeed. Uh, they provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. Uh, great debate. Nathan Cleary has been linked with a move to the Brisbane Broncos alongside his old man, ironically enough. Uh, would it be the right move for club, player and coach? We're looking at 2020. Your thoughts, Sats? Right move for nobody. Really? Yeah, right move for the Brisbane Broncos. If well, got both yeah, club. So the club gets a tick. Player? No, because I want him to stay at the Panthers. Of course. Okay. You're a little biased. <laughs> and I want Ivan Cleary to stay at the Tigers and turn them into a force. Okay. Within so the next four to five years. Tick, cross, cross. Right yeah, up. but... If it happened, what a great coup for the Broncos. It'd be massive, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we know that Wayne Bennett, with all due respect, is still contracted to 2019. He'll mm-hmm. still and has presented a plan moving forward beyond 2019 for the club, which would be him and his coaching staff. Th- and- there was a little stormy period a few weeks ago, or maybe a month and a half ago, where Craig Bellamy, that name was being yeah. thrown in. He's kind of ridden out that storm. Hence, I, I just kind of think he-, he has to coach through to the end of his contract now. F- for them to cut it short. I know, he will. Season. Yeah. The only way that he'll walk away before it is if Wayne says, for the choice. best of the club, yeah. okay. I'll do this so the club can move forward. But uh, if Nathan, Nathan Cleary and, and his father, Ivan, and I love the honesty of Nathan Cleary when he's always said, well, I want to play for my father and I will one day. Yeah. So I love that honesty. Yeah. And I hope it does happen one day. You know, I was fortunate enough to play with Martin Lang, who played his whole career under his father, had great success together. Mm-hmm. Never crossed those lines in between father and son. Always that, that genuine respect there, and I think there'd be no different here. With Nathan Cleary and the Brisbane Broncos and Ivan Cleary, it's also a really good chance for the Brisbane Broncos to try and get around the salary cap. And I'll oh, tell you why. Okay, yeah, how's this work? And the NRL are going to have to keep an eye on this. Yeah, righto. So let's say Nathan Cleary in two years' time is mm-hmm. worth a million dollars. Every chance he's going he's to be. Tracking that way, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Origin player now. And Ivan Cleary's father, let's say he's worth $700,000 as a coach. Yep. Which he's got every right to ask for. So we're at 1.7 the bill. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we know that coaches don't come under the salary cap. You can play a coach, pay a coach, whatever you want. I think I know where you're going. So I think they offer Nathan Cleary 700,000, but we think you're a million dollar player. We offer Ivan a million dollar contract, but you're really a 700,000 coach. And then dad just wires a little bit of extra cash. The other 300,000 goes straight to Nathan (laughs) underneath the bed one night when the tooth comes out. Loophole. Oh, yeah, the tooth fairy. Very well off. Absolutely. So, um, but the Broncos. (laughs) They do very good due diligence, yep. and they've had to from past experiences. Much like the Melbourne Storm, they're such a brand that they demand excellence, and whoever is they're going to be their coach, one, has to be a high-profile coach. Two, is uh, resonates with sponsors and commercial commercial uh, attributes of a club. Uh, three, is a fan favourite. Yeah. Four, has a good connection with the playing group, but five, has really good values, really good morals, and someone who's going to uphold that that Bronco tradition that has been there for so many years and has have lost it a little bit in the past. So mm-hmm. um, when we're all sitting back a few weeks ago wondering who could be possibly someone that would replace Wayne Bennett, 
if he did decide to move on and they didn't decide to continue him, it was hard to come up with with a person, Michael Maguire maybe. Mm. Ivan Cleary is that perfect piece in the puzzle. All right, there you go. Great debate for Kubota. Uh, Some clever accounting maybe on the way there for the Brisbane Broncos, but time will tell Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Quick break, Makita Power Player and a driver's seat preview still to come. You're listening to Off The Bench. Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for first choice liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Yeah, that it is indeed off the bench. Great to have your company. Hope you're enjoying the program as we continue to wind through round 17 in the National Rugby League. And, of course, look ahead to Wednesday, Game 3 of this year's Origin Series. Right now, though, Sats is going to reveal his Makita Power Player of the Week. The Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. That's the best in the business. Thanks, Stu. Power garden tools power through the toughest of jobs, Makita when power means business. Now, Sats, fair to say with the power player, yep. thanks to Makita, we generally look for some sporting excellence mm-hmm. on or off the field. Uh, players who've made a big score or put in a huge performance or done something out of the ordinary. This is a little different, but I've got to tell you, when you sent through your notes for the show earlier today, when I saw who you'd nominated, I thought, perfect. Couldn't think of anyone better. Explain the backstory and just how you've come up with this young man, Troy Rique. Yeah, well, we don't need to, I suppose carry on about what happened with Australian basketball up against the Philippines throughout the week. The Monday basketball, night, that was yeah. crazy. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. It was awkward. It was lanky. Um, it was unorthodox. And you're just talking about Thon Maker's fighting ability. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but in saying that, um, yeah. we saw a lot of the, the photos and a lot of the footage that came out of it. And there's still photos as well that we saw Chris Goulding, who's been an Australian basketball legend, Absolutely. hasn't he, for yeah, many yeah. years. Yeah, yep. And um, the, the image of him on the ground with officials and players basically trying to stomp on him and try and maim him any way they could. Mm. And there was, a, there was a still footage of a, of a one individual. It looked like he was about to do a WWE move on him. In the Philippines, Garby was yes. part of the part But the, of the photos squad. are deceiving they because be. then we found out the story behind that photo that this young man that you're talking about, he's a young Philip, yep. Filipino cadet. He was a... Part of the Filipino playing group, yep. obviously not playing, no. part of their, their program. Experience. Yeah, yeah. But his image of him hovering over the top of Chris Goulding was him protecting an Australian player, saying to himself, hey, this isn't right. Yep. I need to protect this man who's in a lot of danger. And he probably knows how much danger he's possibly in because he knows the people that were mm. involved mm. in the assault So, and, and what capacity they could go to. So, yeah, my, my shout-out goes to the young uh, – is it Troy Riquet? Is Troy Riquet, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who shielded yeah. Chris Goulding from yeah. being you know, further, further injured. And from that, he was, he was given, um, given a reward also yeah. by one of the sponsors. And yeah. It's just a, a really good story. And quite possibly that action has saved – possibly saved yeah. the Philippines still able to host the World Cup, Basketball World Cup in 223. 2023, spot on. As a further addition to just how amazing a gesture it was from this young man, this young cadet, he he received that uh, reward, if if you want to call it that, and he basically said, look, I feel uncomfortable receiving this for doing something that anyone in their right mind doing the right thing would have done. So he actually donated half of it to a charity in Australia and half of it to a charity in the Philippines. I mean, if this young man doesn't deserve something additional on top of that, I don't know what does for the time being. If we could send him some power garden gear for Makita, we would, but he'll just have to settle for being our power player of the week, thanks to Makita's cordless power garden range when power means business. Uh, Right now on the program, uh, it's time here on Off the Bench to do this. 
the driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. That it is indeed. Hey, and last week for Kubota's BX Series, the all-rounder that's up for just about anything, we had the launch of the OTR Super Sprint, which is this August at the all-new Bend Motorsport Park in Tatelum. Bend, friend of the show, Tom Wren from Channel 9 in Adelaide, was there and he caught up with South Australia's own Nick Perkat to get his thoughts on the new track. For Kubota's construction equipment, delivering power and performance, speak to your Kubota dealer. Let's take a listen. Well, I've got Nick Perkat, who's had a first look at the OTR Super Sprint track. Nick, what are your first impressions of the racetrack out there? I've managed to get a hot lap with you. It was uh, mighty fun and mighty fast. Yeah, well, obviously, um, you know, as we stand here in the, the entry to the bend, it's, um, you know, got your hotel, your, the signing desk, the bar, coffee, restaurant. Um, so to put it in perspective, for you guys, this is pretty incredible. Mm. So you can imagine what the track is like to a driver. So it's, um, yeah, the circuit's, it's probably, you know, surprised me a lot it's um really good fun um challenging as a driver even though you know we did it in a road car but it was still yeah good fun you can throw the car over curbs you can slide it you can got a lot of high speed stuff but then you also got the slow speed um technical um twisty stuff that's um you know makes you really earn it as a driver so yeah so far first impression is incredible and we heard jamie winkup say he thinks it is the best racetrack or has the potential to be the best racetrack in the country do you subscribe after seeing it for the first time? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I've seen it when it was dirt and then when it was first laid and now to be able to drive on it, it's, um, yeah, exactly what Jamie says. It's incredible. It's, um, like I said, from the moment you drive in the gate to the moment you drive the race car, it's, um, there's, you know, money's been no object here and it's, um, it shows and it's going to make our lives easy coming here to race. It's going to put on good racing because the way the track's designed. So there's going to be real no negative of coming racing at, at the bend because, you know, it's closer than, say, your Phillip Island to the Melbourne airport um, than it is from Adelaide airport to the Bend. So um, it seems like, you know, I grew up here and when it was, when it was, they said they were building out here, I was like, oh, it's a fair way out. But then now I've actually driven out here a few times. I'm like, wow, it takes me two and a half hours to get to Winton and two hours to get to Phillip Island. It took me an hour and 20 to get here this morning. So it's... Um, it's pretty impressive that it's here. And you're a South Aussie, proud South Aussie, of course. You've won Clipsal, which is or the Adelaide 500, which was enormous. You've won Bathurst, which is the mecca for all drivers. What would it mean to win this one, and even the first one out in August, to be the first person to win? Would that hold a special place for you? Yeah, to be the first person to win at any circuit's um, incredible. Um, yeah, I, I raced over in India a few years ago, and it was the first time for anyone there, and mm. I won there. I was the first person to ever win on that circuit. So to do it at a circuit like this would be unbelievable especially in supercars um in your home state you know like i said you can have your friends family out here and um yeah it'll be uh it'll be seriously incredible if you could cross the line first but thing with that category you you could wake up on saturday morning for qualifying and had a good day friday and have no idea where you're going to qualify it's so tight so i think it's going to be um if you do get the win you're going to earn it and it'll probably make it even more special and you're sitting 12th in the standings for the season at the moment how have you viewed it so far about midway through and what are your hopes for the back half of the season? Um, yeah, so far it's probably been a B minus if you put it as a school report card. Um, I made a few mistakes in a few races, and we've had a few little issues with the car that haven't been great. But you know, in the last few rounds, it's been quite positive. A few podiums at the Grand Prix, and uh, then six in Darwin. So yeah, it's on a, the right trend. We're probably ten odd positions better than the championship than we were last year, and 
um, consistently inside that top 10, so it makes a big difference, and the team morale is up, the, the car's fast, and you know, I'm confident, so it's um, all positive. Well, Nick, thanks so much for your time today, and good luck for the rest of the season, and when we come out here again in August. No worries, thank you. On the show this week, Matt and Steve will catch up with Greg Rust, who will recap the latest in Formula Ones, and we chat to Bernadette Cooper, whose Facebook page successfully lobbied to get Touring Car Masters in Townsville this round. Catch the guys on Sunday on the driver's seat, for Kubota's mighty M71, massive pulling power, quick break on off the bench, and we will come back with Sats tips for the remainder of round 17. Off the bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. It's time for Scotty's tips for Big Four holiday parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Yeah, we'll go a step further than that. Uh, Not only can you find out where all the wonderful Big Four locations are right around Australia, they'll also give you some tips on where you should be heading uh, throughout this part of the year or maybe later in the year around Christmas, New Year's. Book a great Aussie escape at bigfour.com.au forward slash great Aussie escapes. Short and sweet this week, Sats. Only three games for you to dissect. We'll start with tonight. And the Panthers and the Warriors. Head or heart here, mate, or is it a combination of both? No, it's head telling me here. I think, um, and we discussed it earlier on, the importance of having Johnson and two of us, Ashek and Blake Green and, yep. and Isaac Luke up against uh, the players that are missing, especially Maloney and, and Nathan Cleary and Tyrone Peachy, who plays in their centres. I think the Warriors, I think they win this. And because, as you alluded to, Benny, they've played really well away from home mm. this year, the Warriors. Um, I just think with the Warriors not missing any origin players, I think they'll win. Okay, let's focus in on the standalone game uh, with the Bulldogs and the Raiders for Saturday round 17. You're shaking your head, Sats, oh, because I know you wanted to say... This could become mind-numbing. Raiders should be winning it, but we've seen them in games where they should be winning, and games where they have been winning just cannot run out the 80 minutes. And the Bulldogs should be winning, especially when they play at their sacred home of Belmore. the Belmore Sports yep. Ground, and it's just not happening. Embarrassed by the Gold Coast Titans mm. last week. Um, yeah, last week. Yeah. And then playing the Raiders side, who are as much as a basket case as what the Bulldogs are. But you know, I've done it all year. I think I'm. I think a lot of the listeners out there would be the same if they're in tipping comps. I'm going to pick the Raiders because I'm expecting them to score a lot of points. Yep. And I don't think the Bulldogs, with this really young halves combination of Jeremy Marshall King and and um, also young Lachlan Lewis and mo- losing Mozumbai and Aaron Woods, and now the the whole argument and debate around does David Clemmer have to yeah, go now yep. as well? I know I know he's not playing, but at least it's still within the dressing room and amongst the playing group, that sort of discussion. I think that hurts the club, and I think Canberra can take advantage of it. You can bet your bottom dollar if they're 10 or 12 points up with 15 minutes to go. Raiders fans won't be celebrating yeah. or going the early crow. Sunday, uh, this is a game that I think you mentioned through the week, Sats, kind of got a little lost in the build-up to Origin 3, and it's a standalone on a Sunday generally would be a huge talking point. But the Titans, so good last week, as you mentioned. And the Broncos, it looks as though they, they won't drop out of the eight anytime soon. But this is actually last last hurrah for the Titans if it they is. actually want to play finals footy. If the Broncos win this game, I think the top eight is done and It's pretty done close, dusted, isn't it? Yeah, yep. just where they're going to finish now. But if the Broncos do win this game on Sunday against the Titans, it basically puts a nail in the coffin for yep. every other team in the competition. Um Another thing we should talk about, I think in the back half of the competition, if the top eight is said and done, yeah. they should start doing some double headers with the with the clubs that aren't involved yeah, why, in finals. Why not? Yeah. yeah, just to get the fans to the games. But uh, I think, you know, I, I thought yesterday the Broncos will win this. Something's telling me, something's telling me that Ash Taylor mm-hmm. 
will come out and respond to not being picked in the Queensland side and basically a thumbs up to you to say, hey, you should have picked me. And I, don't I, think, know, I don't know if it would be a thumbs up. Yeah. It might be the middle digit. Exactly. I didn't want to say that. I'm glad <laughs> yeah, you no, said Yeah, no, fair it. enough. But um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying today the Titans are going to win. Yesterday I said the Broncos. I may change again tomorrow because Anthony Milford's <laughs> playing for the Broncos and he's yeah. in a pretty good mood at the yeah. moment. So at the moment, toss of the coin. I'm going to say the Titans. There you go. I can guarantee it's going to Golden Point Extra Time based on Sats analysis there. Uh, that is all thanks to our great friends at Big Four. You can book now at bigfour.com.au. This has been another big instalment of Off the Bench for Kubota and First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Sats, have a great weekend at the footy. I will catch you same time, same place See next ya. week. Off the Bench for Kubota diesel generators and First Choice Liquor.